Again, we're all here to uh, fight for public education, and we have a lot of amazing advocates. But sadly, in Wisconsin, there has been a decades-long sustained attack on public education by puppet politicians who are happy to take money from their huge donors and sell out the educational future of Wisconsinites. And that is a very dangerous path to go down. We are here to say no. Make no mistake about it, we here in Wisconsin value public education. And the bill that we have in front of us today that we are circulating right after this, the Public Education Reinvestment Act, would ensure that every single public school would have a ratio of 18 to 1 student-to-teacher ratio. The reason we, thank you, the reason we chose that is because uh, lower class sizes have clearly and consistently been linked to better educational outcomes and specifically have helped to reduce the racial education gap that Wisconsin suffers. Um, it's an incredibly important and valuable thing to make sure every student is getting the individualized attention that they deserve and it's something that every single parent in Wisconsin wants for their children. Uh, will it cost money? Well, let me say it like this. We have some puppet politicians in the state who didn't blink an eye when we're talking about billions of dollars going to corporate welfare for the failed Foxconn. When you're talking about giving money to those guys, you don't even blink an eye, right? But something for public education, that's something that we have to argue over? I don't think so. It is not too expensive to invest in the future of public education here in Wisconsin. In fact, it's much better than corporate welfare because we don't have to go towards some expensive intermediary. We can just hire the teachers right here and make sure the money is reinvested back in our communities. Um, so instead of lining the pockets of the big donors and their education privatization lobbyists and other swindlers, we need to reinvest in Wisconsin, hire more teachers, lower classroom sizes, and make sure that every student is getting access to the attention that they deserve. Just to put out a, a few points right quick, the voucher schools uh, have been a huge drain. Uh, even over the last couple of years, we've seen over $650 million be drained out of public education, be siphoned away, um, and, and that's, that's created all sorts of issues. We're talking about even some consolidation, some schools potentially closing. Um, we value public education in Wisconsin. We will not allow for this attack to continue. And we've got Vets, Betsy DeVos visiting today. Oh. And we have to ask ourselves, so why is she here? Why, why is she in Wisconsin? Why is she here today? Why is she even in that position? How did she get her job? She's completely inexperienced, wildly inept, she has no qualifications for a position like that, as was pretty clearly uh, determined during her Senate confirmation hearing. So why is she here? Well, the reality is she paid for her position by buying off enough Republican politicians, including here in Wisconsin, to buy that position. And that's kind of the story about vouchers and the failed voucher experiment here in Wisconsin from the jump. It's about incredibly wealthy uh, you know, billionaire and millionaire donors like Betsy DeVos funneling money because they think they can make money off of our children. And I'll tell you this, these are the same people, and we got Mike Pence here today too, these are the exact same people who want to lock children up in cages. This is the exact same administration, that's Mike Pence's administration, that's his administration that he's involved with, that see children as political pawns, as ways to make money. They do not value education, they do not value what's best for our, our country, they do not value what's best for our students. This is the same administration that's just as worried about making money off of our kids as they want to lock kids up in cages and separate them from their parents at gunpoint. That's the type of leadership that Mike Pence and his administration have bought to our state. And we say, no, we believe in public education. Yes. Yes, that's right.
And it's nice, thank you. It's nice of her to come back to Wisconsin to check up on her investments to make sure all of her little puppet politicians are doing their little dances for her. But that's not how representative democracy works. And we, across the state from all over, say, no, we value public education. And when it comes to our children, we are not afraid to invest and make sure we are going to get them the policies, the resources for what's best for them. We want to line our classrooms with qualified teachers. They want to line their pockets with public dollars. And there's a clear interest of, of uh, what they got going on here and why they're spending all this money campaigning here in Wisconsin. So without further ado, uh, we have some amazing speakers. And like I said, afterwards, we'll have a little time for questions. Uh, but next up, we're going to have uh, School Board Director Marva Herndon uh, giving her remarks. So give it up for Marva. Thank you very much. As um, an MPS School Board Director in Milwaukee, um, there's no better place to um, be and present some of the issues that we've had with schools choice, especially vouchers. To begin, I'd like to quote the Wisconsin Budget Project's analysis published on yesterday regarding the deep cuts perpetrated on the public schools of Wisconsin. Understand that Milwaukee has endured this travesty for 30 years, 30 years of the expansion of school choice, and this must stop. Despite recent increases, Wisconsin's public K through 12 school districts still receive less than state aid than they did a decade ago, prior to historic cuts to our education systems. During that time frame, state lawmakers chose to pass large tax cuts funding Foxcom, for example, instead of investing money in our schools. Lawmakers are also increasingly diverting resources allocated for public education to private schools and independent charter schools, therefore reducing the resources available for public school districts, which educate the vast majority of, of Wisconsin students. Charter and voucher schools have purposely targeted low-income students on free and reduced lunch programs to populate their schools. And I know that quite well because I've attended a lot of those sessions where their proposals were presented. That was the first thing in their proposal was that a child be low-income and qualify for free and reduced lunch. They claim they are the saviors of these poor black and brown children, saving them from poorly performing public schools. Really? Let me show you what they're uh, saving uh, for themselves. Here are some facts. In the 2019-20 school year, that's this school year, Milwaukee has 127 voucher schools. Of that 127, 108 are religious. In terms of dollars, in 2016, the Milwaukee property taxpayers paid $46.8 million directly to the voucher program. 2017, $41.5 million property taxes paid by we in Milwaukee. 2018, $36.3 million, and 2019, $31.8 million. And just for those four years, that's a grand total of $156.4 million. 
what could our school district do with that? We certainly wouldn't need that referendum that we're pushing now, but this is an example of why. So you can imagine over 30 years where we are financially. We have endured from this building 181 unfunded mandates and measures passed right here since 2011, limiting much of our local control, uh, much of it talking about taking over our school buildings, and the list goes on. Um, examples of some of those unfunded pieces of legislation are they require us to fund yellow bus transportation for voucher school students. Now you tell me if when you receive your paycheck from your employer, you expect your employer to pay your rent as well. Republic, uh, re they require public schools to provide IEP services. They require public school districts to fund services for students with special needs. And the kicker about that with the new special needs program is that dollar figure starts at $12,000. And nobody as yet has been able to tell me what the limit is. So that's why this, the school districts throughout the state are really, really hurting behind that one. So in reality, public schools are the schools of choice for the majority of students and families in this state. 860,000 students are counting on us. That is why we're here today. The Public Education Reinvestment Act eliminates the current achievement gap program and the Student Achievement Guarantee and Education programs, formerly known as SAGE, and it phases out the Parental Choice Program that we're enduring today and the special needs scholarship program and putting in place what is most beneficial for our students. In closing, let's stop that failed experiment. That's right. That's right. We demand that we have the Public Education Reinvestment Act passed as soon as possible to make sure that all of our students get the education that they deserve and that they need. Thank you. Thank you, Marva. Uh, my name is Heather Dubois-Bernan. I work with a statewide coalition called Wisconsin Public Education Network. We stand united in our state capitol today to remind our elected officials that Wisconsin supports and values its public schools and to demand that those elected officials restore the dollars they have stolen, our tax dollars, to our children. To succeed, our children need real, immediate, and lasting investments in solutions that we know work. We must fund investments that work and abandon the reckless and irresponsible spending on programs that have proven not to. We thank Representative Brostoff for bringing this bill forward today because it directly responds to the needs of our kids and the needs of our communities with common sense policy that would restore a critical investment in our kids that has been lost under the current administrations. I'm a public school parent, 
but I'm also here representing a statewide nonpartisan network of other parents, active and retired educators, school board members, school administrators, public school districts, concerned community members, and local business leaders who all know and agree that strong communities depend on strong public schools, every single city in this state. We know that our schools are struggling right now to meet some of our students' most basic needs. And we know that the resources our students need to succeed are being misdirected into an unaccountable program through the private school voucher funding scheme. We know that despite massive vocal and statewide opposition, every single one of the state's voucher programs was fast-tracked into law by being tacked on to other bills, onto budget bills. These budget shenanigans occurred almost invariably in the middle of the night or after business hours, and all of them occurred without giving the public an opportunity to have a hearing on a pre-noticed bill. We also know that these voucher schools simply play by a different set of rules than public schools. They do not answer to a locally elected school board. They do not have to follow the laws protecting our students with disabilities, our most vulnerable students, nor do they have to provide services to those students. They do not have to follow the same stringent reporting and hiring requirements that we demand of our public schools to keep our kids safe. They can use curriculum that is religious, unvetted, and unscientific at their own discretion. And they can, and frequently do, counsel out children who receive a voucher into their program who do not meet their expectations for any reason whatsoever. Distorting the data on their performance, legally discriminating against our kids, and creating an unfunded cost burden on the public school to which that child is returned. This is unethical. It's not good for kids, and we all know that it's morally wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Wisconsin is spending $351,180,390.29 this year to provide taxpayer-funded tuition vouchers to just 43,450 kids at only 317 schools, nearly all of which are religious schools. We know that nearly all of the students in the statewide program already attended those, public, those private schools before they received a voucher. 13% of the kids in the program since its inception ever set foot in a public school. We know that there is no plan whatsoever to address the rising costs of these programs or to prepare for the flood of spending that will be required by state law when those caps for enrollment are set to come off entirely in the year 2026. It's irresponsible, it's reckless, and it's wrong. There are over 860,000 children in this state whose parents choose to send them to public schools. These schools are the heart of our communities. They are public schools that accept, embrace, value, and serve all students who walk through their doors. 
And yet, data from the Legislative Fiscal Bureau shows that even as the unaccountable voucher program has been massively and recklessly expanded, our public schools have been increasingly underserved by the state. According to the Wisconsin Budget Project's crunching of those uh, Fiscal Bureau numbers, in 2021, the state will invest less in public school districts than it did in 2011. Something that has been true of every single year in between as well. In 2021, Wisconsin school districts will receive $75 million less in state aid than in 2011 in inflation adjusted dollars or 1.2% less than in 2011. That is unacceptable. Wisconsin is not meeting its obligation to the children the state constitution requires it to serve. Instead, and for purely political reasons, our lawmakers have chosen to deepen the inequities of an already broken and already unjust funding system. The bill on the table today is a reasonable and necessary proposal that responds directly to the demands made by Wisconsin communities and school leaders around the state for years. Put our dollars into funding priority needs first. Keep class sizes small so that teachers can teach and students can learn. Give educators the freedom and ability to do what they do best. And stop the voucher scam that is tearing our communities apart, pitting our children and our neighbors against each other, and widening the gaps between have and have nots in this state. We demand a restoration of the investment in our children, and we call on every single legislator in this building to have the courage to support the Public Education Reinvestment Act. It's time to do right by those 860,000 kids. They are counting on us today. That was great, following that. Um, I am Saquana Taylor. I am a school board director in Milwaukee, and I am also a county supervisor. I am Milwaukee Public Schools. How is that you ask? I graduated from Milwaukee Public Schools. I worked there for over a decade. I am now on the school board as a director, but most importantly, I'm a parent of NPS students. So I have a valued interest in what happens in our schools. A lot of people say a lot of things about Milwaukee Public Schools, but I'm here to show you because most of the time they say you are a product. I am a product of Milwaukee Public mm -hmm. Schools, but guess what? I am the first duly elected person in Milwaukee. So I am a product of what is a great school, a great organization, yeah. teachers and educators who actually care about what's going on. The people I met in elementary, middle, and high school, I am still friends with them today because I live in the community, I see them. The teachers were the ones that saw greater in me than I saw in myself, and they told me from a very young age, you are going to do great things. And as I stand here today, not just being elected is great, but being able to go back and advocate for the very same school that gave me my voice, my chance to have a high school diploma, my chance to go to college, to get two degrees certification. So when a lot of people say, what does NPS do for you? NPS is my life. I advocate because I love NPS. I love the educators in NPS. I love the students in NPS. And once again, I am NPS. So I'm standing here proudly to say I support public schools. And everybody in Wisconsin, Milwaukee, in the United States, you should support them too because you have a public school product standing in front of you as the first of something in this great state and in this great city. Thank you.
and we also are going to wrap up with uh, two other leads in the legislature, our uh, Senate lead on this, Representative Larson, my co-author, uh, Representative Cabrera. So uh, we'll do that, and then we're going to have a little time for a question and answer. We also have copies of the bill for disbursement. Uh, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, thank you, sorry, Representative Brostoff. Uh, <laughs> Got to get, get, get official here. Uh, thank you, Representative Brostoff, for your leadership on the Public Education Reinvestment Act. This is something that he brought forward uh, originally where we did a press conference. Um, and since then, the popularity of it has grown because it's something that just makes sense. And frankly, you couldn't have a proposal that's more in contrast to the failed voucher program, right? Every time the voucher program has expanded, it has been in the dead of night. It has been without a public uh, hearing. It has been without public input. And it has been with a false promise built on the grave of the last promise that was made before it. Originally, when this program came forward, they said this was going to be a program that the competition will benefit all schools. By competition, all schools will benefit. And then once that became clear that that was a lie, they said, well, we're only going to have a small percentage of students. We're going to, we got to help these kids, right? We're not going to hurt the students overall. A small percentage of the, of, of the entire student population. And then that became a lie. And then they said, well, we're going to make sure that the entire school won't be voucher funded. We can't have that. It'll be a small percentage. And then they broke the lid on that and uh, continued forward and said, well, we're going to have better outcomes, right? Uh, and it became clear that they were not interested in benefiting all kids, that it was just some kids. Uh, and they said, we're going to build, uh, we're going to be better. And once the test scores came out, it showed that they were no better. Uh, and then they said, well, we're going to be cheaper. Well, that doesn't take into account the fact that this is siphoning off $350 million from our public schools. And again, this is not cheaper when you take into account that they are picking and choosing. Uh, which students they decide to educate, right? And sometimes that may be tough to, to conceptualize. So picture it this way. Picture you are playing a game of pickup kickball. And you have one captain over here, the voucher captain, and you have the public schools captain. Well, voucher captain gets to pick all the players that they want first, and then the public school captain has to take whoever's left. And then they say, all right, that seems fair, let's play. And the amazing thing is, the amazing thing is, public schools have still outperformed yeah. the voucher school, right? So we need to pass the Public Education Reinvestment Act. We need to reinvest in public education because it works, because we need to make sure we are not leaving even one child behind, right? Inherent to the argument of why vouchers should exist is the idea that we, sorry, we have to abandon some kids. We just can't afford to educate every kid. We have to at least help these kids over here and damn the other kids. Sorry, we're going to leave them behind. That's the inherent to the argument. They don't want to make it. They don't want to say it. But they are, in, 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 uh, in their argument, they're basically saying, we're going to leave these kids behind. We can't do that, right? What government should do, we should stand up for everybody in the community, right? You see yes. a diverse background of people from all different uh, walks of life up here and when you you walk into a public school you see the same thing you see kids from pa families who are homeless and you also see the richest uh, kids in town all together all learning to work together all learning to live together that's what you see in public schools and that's what we need to be investing in that's what public schools are about they're making sure that we do not leave any child behind 
And so what we need to do is leave the program behind that has left too many kids behind and end the voucher program and reinvest those funds in our public schools. Um, I'm Representative Marisabel Cabrera. I am a co-author of this bill. It was a no-brainer for me to um, collaborate with these two gentlemen on this bill. I've always been a fervent supporter of public schools. I firmly believe that public dollars should go to public schools, period. Um, and I, I, can't, I can't say it enough how much public education has um, helped me and gotten me to where I am, and I just think that everybody, every child in this state should have that same opportunity mm -hmm. and those public funds should go to our public schools so that the school actually has the tools and resources necessary to help each child be successful. Uh, it's, as uh, Senator Larson stated, um, it's very interesting that despite the fact that our public schools are held to a higher standard, that they're asked to do more with less, yep. that they have to do all these extra additional uh, requirements and mandates and, and somehow the other schools with all the advantages they have still come up short. So exactly. it's clearly not a good investment and we need to reinvest those dollars back into our public schools to make sure that they are able to do the things that are necessary for our children. So thank you so much. Fantastic. Uh, in closing, first off, I want to thank Senator Smith for joining us as well. Uh, another big public school advocate from State. Oh, and uh, Representative Bowen uh, was with us as well. He's been a huge public school advocate, if I didn't mention him. And uh, I, um, I also told School Board Director Larry Miller, who planned to be up here today but could not last minute, uh, that I would mention how much it's hurt uh, education uh, in regard to um, music and arts and things of that nature. And it's only one type of school of the arts, I can identify with that, but uh, uh, just to uh, uh, School Board Director Larry Miller's point, that's also been a huge uh, kind of destructive force in the siphoning away from public dollars. So um, thank you all for being here. I have copies of the legislation. We're going to take um, a couple uh, questions before we head out, uh, if there are any, and uh, my staff, Aisha, will um, hand out the legislation to any press members or anyone else who'd like it. Um, and thanks everyone for being here in support of public education. Appreciate you all for making the trek. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so do we have any questions before we wrap up? Yes. Uh, not public charter schools. Uh, this is just strictly about uh, voucher funding. Uh, but it's a, it's the the question is a good one. It's a little confusing in Wisconsin. We have the you know we have charters, we have private charters, public charters, as opposed to some other states where it's the same nomenclature. But it's they're all vouchers. So, but yeah, not not in this bill. Uh, any other questions? Yes. <laughs> Vice President Pence and his administration have become experts in locking children up, but they are completely inept when it comes to educating children, and that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And I have no interest in hearing someone coming from Indiana or D.C. or whatever trying to push a privatization agenda like that. Uh, he has no idea what's going on here. He's bought and paid for by people like Betsy DeVos, who bought her way into that position, and he represents a complete... Um, 
erosion of one of the most fundamental values and, and one of the greatest values of this country, which is strong public education. And that certainly is a Wisconsin value, despite what he wants to mislead the public on. Um, so, yeah, he should worry about not locking children up. I'll worry about public education in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, any final questions? And if not, we'll stick around uh, to if folks want to do one on ones and like that. Um, so, seeing none, yeah. thank you very much. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Who makes money specifically and how does oh, man. find their pocket? Well, yeah, Mar Marva's, I'll just, I'm just going to say one thing to Google, Life Skills Academy. Check it out and I'll let Marva take that. She's more the expert than I am. But Google Life Skills Academy as a good example. If you separate the vouchers from the charters, the vouchers are independent businesses, privately owned, and whomever the owner is, is the individual that makes the money. Yeah. With charters, on the other hand, Charter schools can be privately owned, but uh, what you see and people like Pence are pushing is what's known as charter management organizations, and they are the ones that make money, and that they have numerous ways to call themselves a nonprofit, but in the end, they're bankrupting their school with what's called self-dealing. Okay? That's the quick and easy of it. <laughs> All right, see you, Nan. Thank you very much, and thanks thank for being with us today. Thanks. Thank you, guys.